Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Paget here. And this week I'm talking with James Victoria about not letting fear run your design career. But before we get into the interview, I want to thank FreshBooks who have kindly sponsored this podcast. FreshBooks is an accounting software that makes it really easy to create great looking invoices in seconds. Go check it out for yourself. And to do that, FreshBooks have kindly given listeners of this podcast a free 30-day trial. It's one of those where you don't need to enter any credit card details. So to claim that, all you need to do is visit freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek and make sure to enter logogeek in the how did you hear about us section. So as mentioned, this week, I'm joined by James Victoria, a renowned designer, artist, motivational speaker, and the author of Feck Perfection. When planning for this interview, I, I found out that James had a big goal early on in his career. He wanted to become the best poster designer in the world. So I wanted to discuss with him the importance of having a clearly defined North Star as a designer, especially if you want to become known and successful as a designer. But the direction of the discussion took an unexpected turn. We started to talk about how designers can lose track of their focus and and how decisions uh, we make can come from a, a place of fear. It's something that struck a chord for me. Uh, As I mentioned before, earlier this year, I I finally plucked up the courage to go full time with Logo Geek. So to dedicate my full time and energy to serving my own clients and uh, also creating valuable resources like this podcast where I help support and inspire anyone that might be interested in logo design and branding. But I let fear get in my way, even though I know that I could make this work and and everyone around me could also uh, see it too. Um, Because Logo Geek's been going from strength to strength for years. I've had my own clients. I've had a consistent stream of inquiries. Everything's been growing, but I still held on tight to a position that felt safe. The part-time position that I've had for uh, around three years, I've been at that company for around 11 years, but I was scared to step away from that position. I was worried I wouldn't make enough money. And uh, there was a number of fears uh, going uh, completely full time that really held me back from making progress. Uh, so I would go as far as saying that fear was ultimately running my career. Uh, but now I've got control and I hope that if you're in the place where I was previously, that this episode might give you the kick that I probably needed several years ago. So in this episode, we discuss that topic, but also we dive into how James found his purpose, how he finds inspiration for his work, how he works with clients, building self-respect and confidence, his approach to teaching, coaching and more. James has strong opinions and doesn't beat around the bush. So I'm expecting this interview to spark a lot of discussion. And as a pre-warning, before we get into it, there are a few F-bombs. So if you have any young kids around, save this one for later. But anyway, enough talking from me. Let's dive into this. Here is the interview with James Victoria. I read that when you were younger, you aimed to be the best poster designer on the planet. And that was clearly your North Star for a long time. How did having a goal like that early on in your career impact your um, your career and life? What I was doing at that time, and I didn't know it at the time, but what I was doing at the time was I was, um, I was setting a, a purpose for my life and for my work. Um, and it was something that I would work towards and it wasn't important. Uh, you know, when you, when you have a, when you have a set purpose, what happens is anything outside of that purpose falls, falls away. Um, so, um, what I did for kind of fortunately and unfortunately was I set that as my purpose and I, I you know, I actually got pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are other people who are fantastic 
fantastic, you know, from my generation and from, you know, from, from before and, you know, since and, you know, fantastic poster designers and nobody, you know, it's like, it's like being the fastest man on the planet. You're the fastest man on the planet for like a week. (laughs) Um, But but the important thing is that I, you know, I set a purpose for my, for my work. And, um, um, I think when you have a purpose, um, then your work is driven and your work has, um, has meaning and, uh, the work just improves. I think what most people don't do is set a purpose. They do, they, you know, like when I teaching at the school of visual arts, I'd say, you know, what do you, what do you guys want? When you get out of school, what do you want? And they'll usually say, well, they'd like a job. And I'm like, well, could you be more specific? <laughs> Mm-hmm. because you're going to get a fucking job but then you're going to be stuck and you're going to hate it yeah yeah it's, it's it's very much the reason why i wanted to ask you the question because i think having that goal early on whether that was intentional or not i, I think it, it makes a big difference because i've done it myself um i mean it wasn't intentional at the beginning but i've i've read a couple of books that have you know given a bit more clarity but i i find the moment that you have that clear goal especially early on like you said you can make choices as to um you know whether it's working towards that or not and um i've been surprised like with the logo design stuff that i'm doing a few years back no one knew me for anything now i got to a point where you know there's a lot of people that know me for logo design and you know just the sheer act of really focusing on it i've been able to um improve on it and i can see you know, you did exactly the same thing. Well, here's the funny thing, though. I did exactly the same thing, and I had a purpose. And then at some point, I wanted, um, there, you know, I, I, I probably, it was probably when I met a girl or wanted a, you know, to buy an apartment or I wanted this. or And I started drifting away from my purpose, and I drifted towards, you know, um, doing work. You know, and I was starting to take jobs that I shouldn't have taken. And, you know, I was still doing very good work. I was still doing great stuff, but but I wasn't on my purpose anymore. You know, I was just a designer, a good designer, but I wasn't on my purpose. And um, what happens is, you know, when you stay on that purpose, uh, especially something like a poster designer, you know, and you, and, you, and you try to be intelligent about it, that what happens is you become, you know, like Banksy or Shepard Fairey. You know, but I left my purpose in order to in order to um, uh, make a you know make a make a better living, um, and it's taken me a long time to get back to finding finding my purpose. But I I I do think that income is important though. Um, it's it's awesome that 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 you did get back on track. But if your north star happens to be something that that doesn't yet make money, a lot of us need to make that income, or we're be on the street so so i would understand why you drifted in that direction as you needed to you 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 needed some kind of income yeah but you know what ian money happens if and if you're really smart you know you can you can you can figure out how to make money doing pretty much anything when i when i was at the school of visual arts i had a uh, uh, an assignment that, that i would give my students and i would pass around a hat and on the hat were little slips of paper And the little slip of paper said cupcake or it said used tires or it said, uh, you know, uh, meatloaf, whatever. Um, And the assignment was when everybody got their word, the assignment was, okay, come back next week with a list of 50 different ways to, to make a living with that word. And what happens is you pick cupcake and, you know, the first thing you put down on your list is, you know, to sell cupcakes and like, okay, that's okay. And then you, what you do is you you say to sell the most amazing bizarro cup, you know, cupcakes out of, made out of with dirt in them or cupcakes with that are just for men, you know, that smell like oil or smell like girl or cupcakes that have scorpions in it. Right. Right. Or, or maybe you become the cupcake, um, uh, the official cupcake critic and you start going everywhere and writing about blogging about and have a website about, you know, and you, then you, then you go into Europe and you expand to croissant, you know, basically all these amazing, bizarre ways to make a living doing one thing. And what I'm trying to do with the students is trying to get them to understand that if they hold on to that one thing, they can figure out, I could have figured out how to make an amazing living career, whatever, um, uh, out of my purpose. 
but I chose. I was in New York. And book jackets were easy, and record covers were easy, and I started doing all this other work. And I and I basically, you know, slowly drifted away from posters. I was still known as the poster guy, and I still get gigs, um, you know, that uh, uh, you know for solely solely for poster design, which is interesting. Um, but um, you know, I'm, I I left that purpose aside to, to, you know, to, because the fear of the fear of not making a, making a living with it. Cause I wasn't smart enough at the time. Yeah. I think, I think that fear is, is pretty uh, big. Cause I, I mean, I've been in that same position myself, you know, especially if you've got family and you've got a mortgage and stuff that you have to pay for the way that I've always, um, thought of the, the best thing to do is to get a job that keeps you going, you know, that brings in some kind of money. But if you do have that North star, uh, you know that that big goal out there. You can you still got time in the evenings. You can still work through that. Yes, sure, fantastic. Um, another thing that I read in in the interviews that you've done, you you mentioned do many things well, but let one voice come through, and I think that's relevant to this as well because I, I see that as kind of like niching down. Um, and I, I feel with what you're saying there that you can actually be a generalist, but from a communication point of view, you communicate that you do this one thing and and I do that with logo design I I kind of shout out of the room you know that's why I have a podcast about logo design so that people are aware that I can do that but then I actually do once someone's got in touch I can actually do a whole load of other stuff is that what you mean by that sentence yeah pretty much pretty much it and and you know I think the real way if you really want to if you really want to make a living do one thing well I mean, that's really just the truth. You know, you don't want to have a, a, a you know, want to, you don't want to love, you know, um, auto mechanics and motorcycle, my, motorcycle mechanics yeah. and also have a donut shop. You know, it just kind of doesn't work well. Um, you know, for me, it's really hard to do one thing well. I'm, I'm the, I am the classic um, artist that wants to do everything. I want to write books. I want to, I want to make films. I want to do this and that. Um, but one thing that is my saving grace is that I always want to have an opinion. I always want to have, you know, who I am show through the work. I want to have my signature on the thing. Um, um, so I think that is the that is the one thread through all of the work. So, so when you say that, do you mean that you want to have some kind of signature style so that, so that when people look at your work, they say, oh, that's by James Victoria. Is, is that what you mean? You know, I don't mean I don't mean the the signature style of the the flourish of my left hand. I mean the uh, yeah. the voice and the opinion. Yes, um, because you know when I was solely a poster designer, the really amazing thing that the the great opportunity I had a bunch of years ago was I had an exhibition in in um, in Switzerland, which is like the home of the poster. So it was a kind of a really kind of wild opportunity to, to you know to have an exhibition in in uh in in the uh, in the museum in the museum in, in zurich and um there was a, a a big a large opening and all these important designers from around the world were were there at the time and um this one swiss poster designer who i really 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 looked up to an old older guy he took me aside and he said james you know when you lay out all your posters he says what what you're struck by is not what they look like but what they say and i was like oh damn that's you're saying my posters are ugly (laughs) 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 um but i but i but i kind of realized that at the time i mean you know he helped me tremendously but i kind of realized that at the time and um um that has been that has floated me you know forever um, it's, it, it's all about my, my voice and it always has been about my voice. You know, my work has never changed. I mean, I started making posters because I wanted to be, I wanted that journalistic aspect. I wanted to, to use graphic design to have comment on social and cultural and political issues. Um, and I still do even in commercial work that I was doing at the time I was putting in uh, social, cultural or political, um, commentary. Mm. How are you going about, um, like say when you are creating a, a poster and you 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 want to um, communicate something that's quite relevant, how are you going about doing that? Are you just going about your daily life and something that comes up? You you're using that as inspiration for a piece. Correct. There well, there are two different ways. That's the best way. Is you know you're 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 you know. Um, out doing yard work and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I got to say this, you know, something comes up. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and the other way is when somebody asks, 
when somebody says, Hey, James, there's a situation. What do you, you know, what do you, you know, what can you do? And you know, the first thing I do, Ian, is I go and I sit down and I go, okay, what do I have to say? Not what it would look like, not what, you know, you know, the next thing is how do I want to play? Do I want to build a silly little goofy collage and photograph it? Do I want to, do I want to do some lettering? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? But the first thing I do is I sit and sit down and I ask, you know, ask myself, what do I have to say? Because um, that's the important part. So there's basically, you know, those are those are the two ways. You know, um, um, the biggest thing is when I'm struck by struck by um, some situation. As a matter of fact, I, a funny thing happened last night. I got a a newsletter from my kids' um, school, and I've got a two and a half year old and a five year old, so they're not even in, really in school yet, right? And I got a newsletter from them, and the first line of the newsletter was just like, was just this fear mongering about, about COVID. So I did an Instagram post. Um, it says, do not fucking start your newsletter like this. <laughs> and I quoted them, you know, the first line, I didn't say it was the Montessori school. I didn't say it was blah, blah, blah. But, um, um, and that would be like a perfect example of how something just came to me at the time. And I had to comment on it. I'm like, Oh my God, stop. You're a goddamn fucking Montessori school. You should be taking a higher road than this. <laughs> Uh, so that would be a, that would be one example of, and and I didn't have to hand letter it. I didn't have to decorate it. I just had to, you know, comment and comment, uh, you know, in 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 my own style of writing. Yeah, I understand. So I mean, with that type of thing, you know, when you say that you you need to work out what you want to say, I, I think that's relatively easy when you want to create something. That's well, I mean, it's not easy, but it's you can work that out yourself when you're creating, I, I guess, a piece of art. How would you go about thinking in that same way with, say, if it was a piece of client work, maybe something a little bit commercial? Would you still approach it with that same methodology that you're that there's you're trying to work out firstly what you want to say with that piece? Yes, I don't approach it any differently. Okay, zero. Um, I, I'm I'm not psychotic like that. Um, uh, there is no <laughs> there is no different process. Um, <clears throat> the process is always the same and. And here it is, Ian, if I do approach it this way and say, listen, what do I have to say? And I'm going to put my opinion in it and, um, and the client doesn't like it, then they're not my client. They, they chose the wrong person. Uh, uh, the relationship wasn't there. It's all about relationships. You know, I, you know, trust is the lifeblood of my work. If you don't trust me, I can't do good work for you. Yeah, I don't care how much money you throw at me. If you don't trust me and you don't allow me to, you know, to, 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 to do my work um, or if you haven't seen my track record. Um, you know, then we, we shouldn't work together. So no, I would never, I would never alter my voice or my work, uh, for a client. Cause that would just be silly. And further than that, it would, it would lead to more of that kind of work. And then I completely screwed the pooch on myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get, let's hire James. He's, he, he bends over. <laughs> <easily>. <laughs> he, he, will, he, will fold, he will fold on a dime. <laughs> and then we, and then we, James Victoria name and the shitty work that we wanted. <laughs> so when people do work with you, uh, are you quite open about that, that, that when they do come to you, that um, I, I guess there's an expectation of the type of thing that you would put together or, or do you, do you take briefs, you know, say if they gave you a brief, would you, would you take that or, or does it have to kind of be on, on your terms? Um, so what I do is if they, when they send me the brief, um, and so I'll read through it. And so I had this big job that I did last year for um, one of these huge, a big, uh, very popular, I won't say the name, but a very popular online sales thing. Uh, yeah. um, and they gave me the brief and um, there wasn't a lot of money. There wasn't a ton of money. You know, it was good money. But it wasn't great money. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of usages. You know, they give you the usages and where they're going to be and all that. And then they, and then they gave you, then they gave me, you know, the first round of sketches, the second round of sketches and you know, that thing. Right. So I wrote them back and I said, Hey, and I, you know, I don't know exactly how I worded it, but it was not that dissimilar from what I'm saying now is I said, Hey, listen, that's a lot of usages for the amount of money that you're paying. And as far as all the, um, the, the rounds of sketches, I'm going to give you one thing and it'll be great. And if you really don't like it, then we can talk. <laughs> and, they, and they wrote back and they literally said, 
oh, that's right. We forgot how you work. And they doubled the money <laughs> without wow. <me. laughs> So the thing is, if you are kind and if you set um, a role for yourself and if you hold to that um, and if you don't you know, bend over for everybody who comes through the door – um, you, you know, you establish a, 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 a reputation. I mean, Ian, I just want to get paid to be James Victoria because then I'm allowed to make the best work I can make. Then I'm, then I'm trusted to, to, to work with intelligent clients. You know, when I, when I, when I, when I was talking, when I would talk with students at, the school, at, at SVA, when I was teaching, I, I used to give them this kind of like, this kind of a uh, um, Richard uh, or, or you know Henry V speech almost, and say say say, listen, I am trying to preen you for the extremely important opportunity to have contact with the public. <laughs> you know, you need to be worthy of that. That is a that is an onerous duty. That is an honor to be able to make work and put it out into the world where that real people see. And I do not want you to take it lightly. And I do not want you to 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 feel that you are that you are leaves in the wind. So every time the wind blows, you go over here, or every time the client you know says something, you 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 change or you you're, you 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 crumple, right? Um, so so for me, that is really important. And whenever whenever I'm working with a new client and it doesn't work out, and this is very 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 rare, whenever it doesn't work out, it's because I haven't set those terms early on. We we didn't establish the relationship. Hmm. I, I can imagine there's a lot of listeners that are thinking, wow, that's that that sounds like a dream way to be working. Because I know, in particular, when you start out, um, if I guess it is, if you're chasing the money and you need clients, they're coming in, they come with you for a brief. Most of us would take that brief and um, fulfill it in the way that they feel is appropriate for that. But what it feels like, you, it feels like. I don't know if you was like this at the beginning, but you're at a point where you've established a reputation for being who you are and you're able to pretty much do your own thing with any project that comes your way. Well, now you're using the, uh, well, that's good for you because you're James Victoria. But I've always done this ever since the beginning. Right. Always, always, always. Because because I I love what I do. I like the idea of 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 playing with the subject matter. I like the idea of introducing illogical ideas. I like the idea of of being an artist in the ointment, right? Of uh, of uh, um, being able to play the way I want to play. And so it's it, it's just a it's just a a professional habit that I've preened since the beginning. And if there is somebody listening and they're going. Well, that seems like a hoity-toity way to do it. You know, basically, <laughs> you are coming from a place of fucking fear because you haven't even tried it, right? So, so most people will just will just assume that it won't work for them, and most people will will assume that the money won't be there and that all the clients will turn them away. But it's wrong. So you need to you need to establish a level of a level of self confidence, a level of self trust, a level of self love. And love of your craft, that you're going to do everything possible to make sure that you are putting out the best work that you can possibly put out and not letting, not letting fear run your career. Yeah. I think, I think you're totally right with that. And um, don't say I, I think you, you don't say, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, something that's coming to mind is I, I feel that you need to build up a real reputation for that so that people become familiar with what you do do you have any advice for um how people can build up that reputation so that they are known for the work that they do and and people would approach them in the way that they are for you for their specific um style and type of work yeah no i think it's just i think it's developing self-respect that's all i think it's just developing self-respect and that takes practice that's doesn't it doesn't come naturally it doesn't come naturally to me. Um, you know, uh, um, that level of confidence doesn't come naturally to me. You know, I'm very sheepish about, uh, um, I'm very sheepish about, about, about money. So I have somebody else <laughs> who, 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 you know, who does that for me. Somebody else who, you know, when, when, uh, especially now with what I'm doing now, the new, my re, my renewed purpose, um, you know, now what we've been doing is going out and, 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 you know, teaching and training, 
corporate and going out to uh, um, uh, to these large corporations and 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 being like the creative Moses, you know, setting their creative people free, um, and that's usually big ticket stuff. And, you know, I'm so happy to do my work and so happy to be involved that I will, you know, I'll lowball. Um, so I have somebody else who, who, who deals with that for me because it's not, you know, it just, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to, to, um, um, you know, creativity and money don't really go well together. You know, creativity is all about new and all about, all about innovation and all about, uh, um, all about play and business in, you know, is all about tried and true <laughs> and they want to see it done someplace else first before they do it, you know? So, so they, those two kind of rub up against each other. Yeah. I know you said about building up self-respect and, and it's hard, but you've, you've obviously been able to do that. Is there anything specific that you've done or any kind of method that, that you can think of to help people uh, develop that self-respect so that they do have that confidence to go out there and and be themselves i you know i think it's just i think it's just practice i think it's just um you know um it comes with uh uh being gentle on yourself it comes with because not it's not always going to work you know right always work that's fine um um it comes with being uh through practice you know and ian i've got a guy who i'm working with right now who i'm well i'm assuming i'm going to be working with them and it's a big uh, a big ticket entertainment company and they want me to go to dallas and and work with you know a hundred people uh and uh the guy is the guy is pushing really hard he's just always asking to do- drop the budget he's, he wants to be on the phone you know six eight conversations and i'm like here's and here's something here's something that you, you know that your listeners need to understand i am this close to firing his ass i'm like you know what you don't trust me bob so you're gone <laughs> And you have to be able to be, you have to be able to be that person. And you have to understand that when you do that, what you're doing is you're, you're establishing your self-respect again. And you're putting it out into the universe that James Victoria respects himself enough that he can walk away from that much money because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to uh, uh, be, you know, have a bridle put in his mouth and be ridden that hard. Um, you know, and, 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 and what the universe does is it opens up another opportunity for you. You know, I know that, I know that if something walks away from me or if I wisely walk away from something else that, 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 um, you know, the universe hates a void and that space will be filled. So that's one thing too, about firing clients that people don't want to hear about, but it's completely possible. And, you know, just because you're a designer doesn't mean you're supposed to work for every every client in the world. It's not like you've got this just universal adapter that, you know, that you fit into any relationship. Because, again, it goes back to relationships. So this all, just all this stuff about, like, trying to establish a level of self-respect so that at the end of the day you feel good. Because I know there are so many people out there in your audience, Ian, who, who are working on jobs that don't fulfill them. Working on jobs that are like, oh, my God, I just want to get this done and get out the door and it keeps coming back with changes or you know that kind of stuff and you that's that horrible if you've chose to do this as a living that's a horrible way to work yeah yeah I know I've had a couple of projects you know when I when I first started um doing freelance stuff I kind of ignored a lot of the stuff that they did in agencies uh where I worked mm-hmm. um so I I offered unlimited revisions when I first started which is looking back now it's one of the dumbest things I did but yeah I I had those projects where it dragged on and dragged on um so what I do now is I've actually got in my contract so there's only a number of changes that they can have within the um, project scope and if if they go beyond that they have to pay more or um you know we end that that relationship so I think you're right it's it's important uh I guess even for your mental health and 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 everything yeah. is is just just not worth working with um some people if it's if it's a, a horrendous project and um I I've had a couple like that unfortunately but yeah now and again you you have to walk away and you know don't discount the mental health aspect of it that's important you know cuz because what you what you do is if you don't do this is you turn yourself into a slave 
you literally yeah. you're literally just working for the money and that's if you if you ch- again if you chose to be in a, in a creative field and you're just working for the money there's that's some fucked up shit right there mm. do you look at your projects that well projects that come to you in any particular way to work out which would be the most fulfilling for you uh you know i'm i i don't really I don't really have the luxury of picking and choosing. I don't really turn that much down. Um, um, right. The things that come to me just kind of seem right. Um, right. Uh, I've only turned one. The, I think there's only one project in my career that I turned down that um, just really didn't feel good. And it was a, it was a, it was a product. Um, it was a, what's it called a um, luxury, luxury uh, cosmetics. Um, and I did some research and they did, you know, they were, they were, um, they did a lot of animal testing and, and um, I was like, nah, I don't think I can do that. So I had to say goodbye. Yeah, good. It's not something I'd want to be involved with uh, either. Um, but I assume everything you do, uh, even for, for clients, it, it aligns with your purpose in some way. Yes. Yeah. Anything, anything I've been working on lately, um, which, which commercially I'm not as active as I was before. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and I'm happy about that. Um, because I've always, I've always known that basically, um, as a, as a designer, as an artist, I'm, I'm basically a racehorse and, and I don't want to pull a cart. <laughs> I've got there are a lot of clients out there who have, who have carts they want to hook me up to. And I'm like, mm, nah, don't think so. Uh, so I'm okay with the, with the, the amount of work I'm doing right now and the clients that I have now. Um, um, and my, my purpose has changed. My purpose, my purpose isn't to do that work anymore, but it's to help other people do a better job of doing that work. You know, I work, I work with, I work with corporations and I, they, 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 they call me when, when, when something's going awry, you know, they've moved into a new market and it's not going as well, or, or they're having problems with their, um, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of employees are, you know, the employee turnover is high and so they bring me in and I, and basically I go and talk to them or I talk to the HR or whoever I'm, you know, whoever the, the, the real client is. And I say, okay, listen, so it is not my job to fix your company, but it is my job to go in and, and teach you how to fix <laughs> your company. You know, um, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a mechanic, um, um, a corporate mechanic. Um, but what I can do is I get, can really get people to look inside. I can get people to, to, to remember why they got into this field in the first place and to remember, um, the, the gift that they were born with. And I can get them to, to remember that, uh, that purpose or to, 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 you know, to open them up that they have a purpose, um, um, and to, uh, you know, basically create excited, uh, driven, uh, you know, an excited driven workforce within a, within a company. I just want to take a short break to thank FreshBooks who have sponsored this episode. As creatives, we like to spend our time designing logos and brand identities, but a lot of us spend more time than we'd like doing admin work, like creating invoices, chasing payments, logging expenses. And that's where FreshBooks can help you. It's an accounting software designed for creative professionals that will save you time. For example, you can create branded, professional-looking invoices in as little as 30 seconds. You can set up credit card payments right from those invoices too, meaning that your clients can pay faster. And when it comes around to tax time, you can export out tidy reports for expenses, invoice details, and sales tax to make working with an accountant really simple. Right now, I'm offering listeners of the Logo Geek podcast a free 30-day trial. To claim that, just head to freshbooks.com forward slash Logo Geek, making sure to enter Logo Geek in how did you hear about a section. Now let's get back to the interview. So, I mean, there, there must have been a point in your career where you went from doing a lot of graphic design and, and artwork, and at some point you transitioned to doing more of this teaching. Yes. How did that happen? How did you go from one thing to the other? How did that transition look? Um, you know, it's funny. Ever since I was a kid, I used to do these, uh, these um, like that, the Myers-Briggs tests, you know, these like aptitude tests. And mm-hmm. at the end of the test, you know, you, you know, you, 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 
you hit a button that tells you what you're, you know, what you, what you're, you're, yeah. you're, best, yeah. you're best perfectly right. And I, I would do these things and I would go, come on, fighter pilot, come on, <laughs> right. And it would go, teacher. Oh, <laughs> it used to piss me off, Ian, um, um, until I realized that teacher doesn't mean I have to be standing in front of a group of, you know, uh, uh, 30, you know, 19 year old shitheads whom I know that only three are listening and only one is getting it. Um, and it was hard for me to, you know, kind of wrap my head around that's, you know, and, and, and get underpaid, um, um, to boot. Um, so I, 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 I started teaching at SVA when I was early on in my career. Uh, I was really young and I do, I did that because I realized that my, all of my, uh, the mentors that I had had, um, from, you know, from poster design, um, uh, taught at some point in their career. So I thought, okay, well that, that's important. And it seems like giving back. So let's do that. And then, you know, teaching at SVA, I realized that my, my job was much more about, um, um, or doing a good job teaching was much more about psychology and parenting. And I had, then I had a, then I had a, you know, my first child and I realized, Oh, this really is like parenting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, all the psychology and sociology and anthropology that took place in, in teaching and especially in my class, because I never really taught graphic design. I was teaching people how to think. And that involves, you know, knowing who you are knowing where you come from. You know, my students would always, always knew that the, 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 the best crit or the best answer in a crit always started like this. They'd always say, when I was a kid, my father would take us to the beach and we'd collect rocks and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, that's, 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 that's brilliant. You got me. Let's let, you know, keep going, keep going. Um, um, so the teaching thing turned into, um, you know, at, 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 at SVA kind of really got me excited about what I could do with that. And then we started, uh, we started, you know, throwing our own events and throwing our own workshops and, uh, um, and it just kind of turned into, and now I'm doing, you know, the online coaching thing. And I really, really enjoy that. Um, you know, I was, I always, um, get off the, get off the, uh, <clears throat> Um, off the phone and go into a, a really intense conversation with um, uh, Laura Victoria, um, 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 my partner, because uh, she does she she does coaching as well, and we get into these really intense conversations, and we just like you know the 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 the, the our oh our education just gets ramped up through this thing, and um, so the, yeah, the teaching and the coaching thing is is, is has replaced the making. Um, and I really like this idea of, of delving into, you know, the creative aspect, the weirdo aspect of, of, you know, of who we are and, you know, why we were put on this planet. I think it's completely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one thing I'm, I'm interested in from what you said then is in, in terms of teaching, you're not teaching graphic design, you're teaching how, how to think. How, how do you do that? How do you teach someone how to think? Um, you know, I tell people, I tell people, uh, you know, especially it's, it's so prevalent because we do, we do like, you know, three, four day workshops and uh, it's so prevalent there because people come to me because I have that reputation and they want to be freed up and they want to play and they want to be better designers. And when they get here, they realize after spending, you know, some time with me that, that in order to be a better creator, in order to be a better contributor, you have to choose to be a better human being. You have to choose to be more brave. You have to choose to be more vulnerable. You have to choose to be more authentic and put more of your, your, your voice in your work you have to choose to 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 accept risks you have to you have to choose to um to understand why your self-deprecating humor is holding you back or your your lack of you know to to understand your lack of self-worth and why that's financially holding you back or creatively holding you back because there are there's so many fears that we have that basically stop us and we you you know you and i've talked about one or two of them already you know what stop us from from really contributing in a powerful way that we that we can yeah yeah well i i know a big thing with fear in particular um uh i I know we haven't spoken much prior to doing this interview but i went full time with my business only you know not four three or four weeks ago and that's been on the back of my mind for years you know i've been i've been working for an agency (laughs) for like the last 10 years and plucking up the courage to take that leap yeah 
that was hard. That took a lot of push. And I think, me, man. yeah, AI should have done. Um, but yeah, I think fear can really, really hold. Oh man. Back so, today. So, and, and, but, but Ian, the important thing is understanding where that fear comes from and why it's there. And, and, and your fear, you know, in your case, it's completely obvious you know your fear kept you kept you comfortable you had a gig yeah you didn't yeah. have that you didn't you know you should have been fired that would have been wonderful for you <laughs> you know most people are like oh no i've been made redundant and i'm like well congratulations let's talk let's talk about your yeah fear. let's see that thing happen now you know i've got yeah who i'm coaching they just because of because of because of this covid stuff they they both lost their jobs and i'm like this is a gift let's talk Come on, do not, now is not the time to cower and to, 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 to flood your body with all those, all those negative thoughts that are going to, that are going to create negative energies and, you know, let loose all the adrenaline and all the bad shit into your body. You know, now's not the time for that. Now's the time to, that's just, that's just, that's reacting. We want to respond. That's the difference. Respond intuitively yeah, yeah. and intellectually, and and make choices that feel good in our body. Yeah, yeah. I I, I find it quite funny because uh, prior to actually handing in my notice, I had I think I had a conversation with um, Scotty Russell. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, mm. but um, literally I, on the day that I spoke to him, he he just lost his job. He got made redundant, <laughs> and um, he'd been building this thing on the side for a long time in the same way that I have done and I said to him oh this is awesome news now you've got all this time to focus on the thing that you've been doing and you know that was actually one of the things that made me click is like ah oh, you know what I'm actually giving him the advice that I probably need yeah, exactly. um, but you're right you're right fear can yeah, that's make- exactly it you can totally do that you can totally it is easier to 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 you know, there's a little a little parable of uh, um, this this um, young uh, student is trying to trip up his sensei, and he's, he 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 starts uh, he catches him when he's out on his, on his walk, and he he walks up to his his master, and he says he says, "Master, tell me tell me what's the hardest thing in life," and the master, without thinking, says, "To know thyself." And the student is like, "Oh shit, it's a good answer, shit," and he, go, and he goes back, and he and he and, he, and he's thinks all through the night and, he's, and he and he tries to he catches up with him the next day on the walk and he says he says master tell me what's the easiest thing in life and the master without thinking says to advise others <laughs> you can totally tell somebody else what to do but you can't fucking do it <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's because you you picture all of the uh barriers rather than looking at the potential i think those barriers always have more more weight in your head you know in in my case it's things like i've got a mortgage to pay will i actually make enough money um uh, i'm i'm losing this uh this security this safety net all that sort of stuff and i think that holds a lot more weight than than actually all the the in the sky stuff that is actually true you know if, if, true. if you do have true. Like, yeah exactly. and 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 if we were talking in that situation i would turn those turn those fears into hey so so when exactly ian are you going to start trusting yourself when are you actually going to trust your gift or trust this tool that you have because if you don't you're fucking lying to people you can't continue to work because you're lying to people because you not you're not backing it up you're not taking that risk Right. But yet you're telling other people to. So you're kind of full of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, it's totally true. It's totally true because, yeah. I want to talk about one of your ethos that I read. You you say your work is a gift, and and I love this, but I, I'd love to hear a little bit more from uh, you to expand on this. So, what what do you mean by your work is a gift? Um, what what I mean by that, and I made a really delightful little film. It's on my it's on my Instagram. If you have to scroll back um, a couple of weeks, because I put it, yeah, I did it. I did it a while, ago. and it's also it's also one of the core themes of of my book, uh, Feck Perfection. Uh, oh, which we're not talking about, by the way. Hey, you have to ask me about my book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we should mention proper- that. I'll put a link in the show notes for your book. <laughs> but um, yeah, so your work is a gift, and it was, this was something I I had I had an idea that I was made privy to a bunch of years ago, um, where 
and I and it and it is not relegated only to the creative sect uh, or designers, because um, it's really anybody. Because everybody's work can be a gift, and it's basically the attitude and perspective that you give to it, you know. And if if you understand, you know, and and, and the the way I say it is, I said this is this is a truly dangerous idea because when you understand that your work is a gift, it means you no longer work for a client or a boss. You know, you work understanding that there's a deserving public out there. So it changes how you work. It changes who you work for, and it changes why you you know why you work. Um, because when your work is a gift, you understand that, that what you're giving to people is, is a part of yourself and that has value. So you're, you know, even if you're a bus driver, your work can, can be a gift. A bus driver can, can change somebody's day by smiling or by, by a, 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 a small act of kindness. Right, your work, your work can be a gift to others, you know. Um, and I think that's hard for people to understand because they're like, "But, but I have this job and I'm making money." I'm like, well, you know, you can stay in that in that mindset. That's okay. But if you want to come up to a to to the next level, you know, talk to me. Yeah, and but the the thing is, I think with that, you know, thinking in that way as well, it it helps you to raise the bar because it's like if you look at your work and think think to yourself, is this good enough to be a gift to the world to this client? And I think you know that it pushes you to higher levels. I hope so. I hope so, and I hope you know, like like, and you know, to take it back a little bit further, I remember a bunch of years ago, a billion years ago, I was I was a book jacket designer working out of this tiny studio. Um, doing my own work, but working out of this tiny studio. And one of the other designers there said, um, said, James, whenever, you know, when you send in work to a client, she said, uh, are you ever afraid they're not going to accept it? And I kind of was taken aback. I was like, um, every time, <laughs> every time, because if I'm not pushing myself creatively and I'm not pushing my client, then I'm not doing my job. If I'm, if I'm, if, if my work seeks to appeal to everybody, then I'm just a people pleaser and I'm not. And then, so my work is certainly not a gift. My work is a, my work is just a, you know, uh, my work is a, is a joke that everybody knows the punchline to, mm. you know? Yeah. So, so, yeah. I, so yes, your work is a gift. And like I said, it, it may, you know, it may change who you work for. You know, and, 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 you know, so I, I did this, I did this, I, I had this opportunity a bunch of years ago with, um, uh, uh, Converse sneakers. They asked me to come and be their keynote speaker for their, their big annual corporate, you know, um, corporate meeting. And they invited me to Boston. They had a big, a big, huge, you know, huge check, you know, waiting for me. And there was an, a, a run through and the, 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 the theme of the thing was unleashing creativity. Right. And they, um, they invited me to come and um, do the thing, and there was the evening before. I had to run through all my slides, and you know, they. Um, um, I was doing the keynote, which was I think I was given like twenty minutes. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to do the run through the whole thing. Let me just run through my slides. Here's where I talk about your work as a gift. Here's where I talk about you know, uh, you know, all these big ideas. And at the end, art director, creative director, creative director came up and said, "Hey, uh, the CEO wants to have a word with you." I'm like, uh, okay. So here I'm sitting in this dark auditorium like the only person there. And I feel like I'm in detention, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the CFO and the COO uh, and the creative director um, um, come up and they're like, Hey, James, we really feel that this isn't, you know, the right, the right talk for our people. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I, a, a week ago I had 200 people at the New York Times center and it was just me all day. And I was getting them supercharged about what they do for a living in their, their jobs. And they're like, no, no, that, that's okay. We understand. But, you know, they handed me the check for 15 grand and they said goodbye. <laughs> so they paid me not to speak. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And because the thing was, they were afraid that their people, that some of their people were, would not show up at work the next day after hearing me. Because I had set them free. And my idea is, well, those people shouldn't work for you, should they? Because they're not happy. Why would you want unhappy people? If you need just warm bodies, you should just have warm bodies. Like, I don't understand. And, and so this, that would be better for everybody. Like, why would you want people there who don't want to be there? 
Mm. You know, yeah. so so your work as a yeah. gift is a really dangerous idea because it it means that you somebody might wake up and go, oh shit, I shouldn't be sitting. You did it. You did it. You did it. You woke up and said, oh, I shouldn't be sitting in this chair. I have a gift and I need to share it with the world. I have a song left to sing in me, and I want to take that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well, you know, when when you do work for yourself and you do your own thing, you you become known for that as well. I mean, one one thing that I was always well, I've been drawn to for years is uh, you know, these big names that have done something. So, uh, I went to a Paul Rand exhibition and I'm looking at his stuff thinking if he worked for another company, no one would know who Paul Rand is. No one would know, you know, there's just so many big names out there, big name graphic designers. Sure. If they hadn't um, done their own thing and, and treated their, themselves with more respect and given their work as a gift of the world and, you know, everything that you've been saying, no one would know who they are. <laughs> and, and not everybody has to, not everybody has to be a, you know, a superstar designer, but everybody would like to be happy. Yeah. And that's, that's 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 the goal there that's the goal yeah is you know even very we, fulfilling we mm. you know we throw we we throw workshops here you know at the at the, the the ranch here in texas and um you know we had some people come who worked for um an insurance company and they lived in a town where basically everybody worked for that insurance company so it was like really old school like you know um like you work for us or you don't work right and and they weren't particularly happy there creatively and they and they would they would talk about the kind of the the in-house um the 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 atmosphere and the back talking and all the kind of, you know, like what happens when you work in-house at a place. Uh, yeah, for, I know oh, that. For so yeah. long, right? <laughs> and um, so it was my job to understand that they can't leave. They're both the husband and the wife were working at the same place. They can't leave, but they can be happy there. They can, they can find a way to have a voice and to feel confident in, in using that voice at work and maybe uh, inspiring others in this at the same time, you know? Um, um, and, and they work there now, work there still, and I'm in touch with them and they're completely happy and they get paid really well. So that was the other thing. They just felt like they had the golden handcuffs. Right. Um, yeah. And I've just, I, you know, I, I was able to like, you know, with, with an attitude adjustment and a perspective shift to get them to understand how their work was a gift and how their work was, um, was affecting, um, can affect their lives and, and, you know, and affect other people. So, um, you know, it's, it's completely possible. Um, but most of the time we just, you know, we just kind of shrug and go, Oh, well, I guess I'm here, you know, not happy, but yeah. you know, but I'm working. You know, it's like being in a bad relationship. Well, I'd rather be in a bad relationship than single, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I think we all need a poster with that. I don't know if you've done one already, um, but yeah, we need a poster, you know, with your work as a gift in the office, <laughs> just to, just to remind yourself that, you know, each, each project that you take on, uh, you should consider as a, a gift to the client and the world and uh, every project that you work on, you should aim for you know you should, you should keep pushing it to be that standard where um it can be a gift and it's not just a piece of design it's it's actually something that's that's worthy of calling a, a gift so i think if you don't already have a poster james you should uh, uh create one because i think i think it will help um inspire people to to do their best work and to have more self-respect and all that sort of stuff. I think yeah, that kind of represents everything about you. Self-respect and happiness is, would, would be awesome. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, like James, if there was one thing you could get rid of in your life or in anybody's life, what would it be? And I'm like, self-doubt, always self-doubt. Get, yeah. get rid of doubt. Yeah, I think that's a massive thing. And uh, I know personally myself, it's taken a long time to become uh, confident in, enough in myself to, you know, put my voice out there and, to, uh, you know, stand up on my own and do my own thing and, uh, you know, work towards um, you know, doing the most fulfilling work. So I, I know myself it's possible. It just takes some time and it's good to you. It's good to know that it is possible and, um, you know, it's something that you can work towards. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to, yes. If you're willing to, if you're willing to face, you know, face those demons, because what we're talking about in is, is, is something I talk to coaching clients all the time about is about is self-love. And the reason we are not familiar with that term in our lives is because in order to, in order to, um, understand self-love, we have to be curious about, uh, 
the opposite, which is our self-hate, which is, you know, where our, where our lack of self-esteem comes from, where our doubt comes from, mm-hmm. where our fears come from, where our, where our, where our lack of self-worth comes from. And, and people don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I know myself is, it's hard. Like, you, you know, this podcast, um, one of the main reasons why I started it originally was to actually help with social anxiety oh, and- after having some therapy. So I know myself, it's, it's tough. You have to push yourself through so many barriers. It's kind of like um, trying to run at a brick wall mm-hmm. and, and, making yourself think i'm gonna hit through that wall but if you you know you're gonna hit that wall but if you keep running it you're gonna eventually break through it and and that's what it's like to to do a lot of these things but it is definitely possible if you really want to uh make it happen and i think that's the key thing you have to want it enough to push through those um brick walls so that you do come out the other side with my with my teaching and coaching um style i try to get people to understand that the wall isn't even there it was never there and if uh you know it's just a it's just a it's just in your imagination it's not there so just just walk yeah (laughs) well yeah it's true it is there but when (laughs) with something like anxiety it feels like it's there like it is (laughs) but you are right in reality it's not there and uh you can you can kind of just walk through it because it's 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 an invisible wall that that was never there in the in the first place yeah. or 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 you put it up yes that's the thing it's not no put it up you put it up so you can take it yeah. down yeah true i might the, the the brick walls i had i definitely put them up and they were all in my head so it was down to me to break through them no one else could do that yep now we're nearly at an hour so i'm going to ask you one last question mm-hmm. and so there's the saying, if you don't ask, you don't get. And I heard that you say to ask for more. Yes. <laughs> Can you give an example of when that's worked for you? <clears throat> it always works. <laughs> you know, always. You know, ask, ask, for, <laughs> ask for more time, ask for more money, um, ask for more creativity, ask for more love. Yeah, it always works. Yeah. So just in general, you're just asking for more. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and it's not out of any kind of greed or any kind of avarice or any kind, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just that um, it's just, a, it's a, a professional, I mean, if we're talking about the professional aspect of it, it's just a professional yeah. habit that I've, that I've, that I've, that I've created. Like when a client comes to me and they, you know, they, they, uh, write me or whatever and they say you know and here's the budget and i you know i just find interesting ways to get back to them and i say you know i I ask well how flexible is your budget is it is it gymnast flexible or weightlifter flexible (laughs) you know like oh that's funny okay we we can (laughs) we could probably do this much more you know um and that's without that's without you know without really without being really tactical about it you know um, but you know there are there are always there are always uh, practical and creative ways to uh, to to you know to ask for more, ask for more money, and ask for more time. And I always say in my book, I think the line says uh, um, uh, about asking for more. I said if you if you want a pony, ask for a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Well, James, I think you've dropped a lot of bombshells in this. Lots of real Boom. inspiration, real eye opening stuff. Um, so I hope. You know, it's really inspired listeners and, you know, if they are, if people are keen to learn more from you, like you said, you've got your books, you've got your um, consultation, yeah, uh, you've got your YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, you've got loads of stuff out there. So if anyone's not already familiar with James, definitely go and check out his stuff because as you can tell, just from this like 55 minute chat, I, I hope it's been really inspiring for listeners. So James, thanks so much for yeah, coming on. It's been a pleasure um, chatting with you, man. What an episode. If you enjoyed this, let myself and James know by giving us a shout out on social media. Why not take a photo of wherever you are in the world and tag myself and James on social media. I always love to hear from you guys and I know that James will appreciate that too. If you want to learn more about James Victoria, head to his website, jamesvictoria.com 
Alternatively, check out the show notes for this episode where you can find a transcription of the interview, uh, links to any books or resources mentioned, uh, James's social profiles and more. So if you want to find the show notes for this episode, head to logogeek.uk forward slash 82. You might also want to check that out because I have recently just done a whole update on my podcast section on my website it's taken a lot of time and effort to put that all together but it should massively improve the the whole experience and i've gone back to all of the earlier episodes and added things like transcriptions because i i didn't start adding them until until around season three so uh they're in there too so i i hope that will be uh, a lot better uh, for you guys for uh, finding previous episodes that might be of interest to you. So if you want to talk about this episode with me and over 9,000 logo designers from around the world, join the Logo Geek community on Facebook. It's totally free to join and it's very active. So if you want to find it, head to logogeek.com dot uk forward slash community or just go on facebook and search for the logo geek community so that is it for this week but i'll see you the same time next week for another exciting episode of the logo geek podcast